That's what I, that's what I said. You guys in your yawning, I tell you. You didn't get a little shot that's of energy. What, that's, what, that's what wrestling does to me. Wow. Well, folks, I hope you all don't feel the same way. Hello, this is the Gimmick Minute Wrestling Podcast coming to you each and every week, talking about the best from AEW, NXT, and WWE. As always, you can join us on the conversation by hitting us up on our Twitter, which is at LiveYourGimmick. That's the at symbol followed by L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. Hey, Loki, remembered. Yes, of course you got me. My name is Jason. Joined today by both Michael and Kevin. Uh, We are here, ready to go. I got a lot on the docket, so uh, let's just jump right in. What do you guys say? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. All right. Yeah. Get this shit going, so let's see if it goes (laughs) good to bed. (laughs) So... We at, least, at least less sleepy co-host showed up so that's I guess true we should be, yeah, uh, he's yeah. Here well, and accounted for and we even kind of started on well, time today too so that's that's a plus yeah <laughs> and on the correct day and on the correct day on time and on the correct recording day yeah like we're, we're good we're good we're, we're good for you know one every three months on this so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, and so I want to talk a little bit AEW today because we really have kind of ignored AEW the last few weeks and they've had a couple of, uh, they had fighter fest night one and night two the last two weeks. And, and honestly, I, I think it deserves a little bit of talking about, plus there's some news and headlines that we'll get to a little bit later, uh, that I want to get your guys' opinions on too. But, uh, as far as fighter fest goes, Really, a lot of energy, uh, both both I think with the roster and the crowd for for this event. You know, just like WWE, this is their first like really full live crowd arena um, event that they held, and I thought that they did a really good job of kind of capturing that energy and uh, kept it keeping it going. Like from uh, you know the beginning of the show, starting off with Moxley coming out night one with uh with wild thing and then he ended night two you know so they definitely kept the kept the energy going all the way throughout so did you guys get a chance to see fighter fest at all did anything kind of stand out to you or um anything that uh you guys like to point out before i kind of get started the floor is yours (laughs) all right were you talking to were you talking to yourself i was talking to either one of you two that are sorry the 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 only uh the only thing I pay attention of of AEWs is the two important pieces of news that you haven't talked about yet. Oh fuck yeah! Okay, well we'll get that here in a second. Um, I just I only got to see. I mean, I I did get to see most of the Moxley, uh, and uh, I only saw bits and pieces of Moxley versus uh, uh Archer. Yeah, yeah, I mean that thing was, but that was fucking. I mean, fucking choke just, slam on the chairs. Oh my god! And like yeah. not yeah, not the good part of the chairs. Yeah, like, no, the the fucking rough part. Like Moxley's a fucking idiot. Yeah, idiot <laughs> loon. Like, but I mean, my God. Um, but I mean, come on. The highlight of it all was the uh, um, crazy exchange we got between uh, Orange Cassidy and Sting. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, come on. That's fucking. That was great. That was great. It's, <laughs> as stupid as that is, and it's, it's that is so like it's. I almost say it's, it's overish. The thing it's that sold, yeah. The thing that sold it though was Sting with the lazy chest beat. Like that, oh that, god. that was what really like I, I was like, oh my god, this is stupid. But as soon as Sting did that, I, dude, that popped me. I laughed my ass off watching that. God, I love Sting. Michael, it's, not that, impressed. Not impressed. <laughs> so what? What was your problem with that, Michael? What, what, what do you got? I... I mean, it's not that it was bad. It was just one of those things where I'm just like, I just, I, I expect so much more out of Sting, even though I know, obviously, that's not an option at this point in his career. And seeing him, like, do some of these indie gimmicks with people, it just, it just, I don't know, makes me sad. Because there were so many things that he could have done, so many people he could have faced in WWE that he didn't get to because of one bad bump and now we'll never get to see that because he's going to end his career in AEW and I don't think he's ever going to be paired with anybody that I'd be interested in seeing him paired with on AEW like I don't see him being put in a match with like Kenny Omega or even hell even the Young Bucks I don't see him doing a tag team match with 
with them or anything like that. So it's just like, uh, it just makes me sad because I, I like I'm a big Sting fan. I mean, he's he's kind of there the way the other legends are, like Tully Blanchard and Taz and and these guys, Jake the Snake. I mean, he's just kind of a side piece that helps highlight a younger talent. And and, and his case, that's my problem with it. It's because Sting is nobody's side piece. (laughs) Yeah, Sting is the icon. He's the whole fucking show, man. Like, come on now. (laughs) All right, Uh, Kevin, guy, thing to refute that. Yeah, I mean, I I get what Mike's saying. It's like it's it's hard because, like, you want to see Sting work. You know what I mean? Like he is Sting. Um, but uh, on the on the other side, I, I I see what it's like the same thing. Like like you said, like they do like with Taz, and you know what I mean? Like he's there to be there. Like I can't see him like working anything crazy. Yeah, and I, mean. I and I I get that. Like it makes sense. There's no there's no reason to become TNA. But my problem is just that like to me Sting is not a manager. He, it's just he just he's not. Like Taz and Terry Blanchard and and fucking Jake the Snake Terry with Blanchard. the shape there in yeah. Yeah. Is, that, is, that, is that his brother? <laughs> yeah. Um, with the shape that they're in and their age, it makes sense for them to be managers. Sting still looks like he's in good shape, and because of the face paint, you can't tell how old he is. And he, um, and he comes dressed in the gimmick too, so it's not like yeah. He's, so he's like if he showed up, in, if he if he came out in a suit with the face paint, maybe that would like push me <laughs> yeah, into it. Be awesome. Like he fucking comes out in his <laughs> in his tights <laughs> with just a t shirt over, so that way he doesn't have to keep up his appearance. Like that, that just I don't know. It it doesn't convince me to that. That's that's your ring ready. You're you're ready to fucking get involved if you're dressed like that. You mentioned like Sting becomes a lawyer and he just <laughs> he goes into the firm, you know, <laughs> the five hundred dollar money suit and he's got the face paint on. That look great. Wall Street Stinger. So do you, did you, that's LLC, a gimmick. LLC. Um, did you guys happen to see, so the Moxley and Archer was the main event of night two, which was last week, but the week before that, the main event was Darby Allen and Ethan Page in a coffin match. They didn't call it a casket match. It was a coffin match. Did you guys get a chance to see any of that? I saw I, Darby's I, spot. Yeah. yeah, that's about all I saw. Okay. I mean, it was a pretty good back and forth match. I mean, it was your typical, you know, kind of high spot match. But, yeah, Darby taking that drop in the coffin drop into the coffin with Paige inside of it. That was that was pretty brutal. Um, yeah. All right. So, moving on. Then, yeah, night two I thought was pretty good. Uh, Britt Baker had a had a decent match with, um, with uh, Nyla Rose. And then you got um, a, a weird exchange between Andrade and... And the death triangle, like he, it sounded like he was calling them out, but then he came out and then they wanted to join him. And then he had introduced Chavo as his new executive consultant. And then, you know, he wanted to join death triangle, but then they didn't really want him to join. And I don't know. It was just kind of odd. That's not a triangle then. That's a square. That would be a Ooh. death square. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hexagon. <laughs> oh yeah. Hex- Chavo. I, I, yeah. Chavo. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, death hexagon. I mean, apparently, <laughs> apparently, like they just thought that all the uh, Latino characters should be in the same stable together. L W O with L W O with L W O, just with Pack. Um, yeah, but then you got the te- Texas Death Match for the uh, IWGP United States Title: Moxley and Lance Archer. And uh, to what you guys said, it was definitely a like a. a you know, it, it was a pretty brutal match. Now, here's something I kind of wanted to get your guys' opinion on. I, <laughs> and this kind of ties into uh, something I want to talk about that happened on Raw, basically. Um, so you had the the re-debut of Keith Lee. And then on the same oh. time, you also had Karrion Cross's debut on the main roster. Keith Lee comes out as a surprise uh, and uh, as a surprise to face Bobby Lashley for the open challenge that he laid out. And it was a back-and-forth, very competitive match, and it took a lot for Lashley to put him down. He couldn't get him in the hurt lock, but he hit him with a spear outside and a spear inside, was able to get the 1-2-3. And then, of course, what happened with Kieran Cross? He was dominating a match with Jeff Hardy, but then ended up getting rolled up real quick for a 1-2-3. Fans, like, went apeshit about both of those finishes. Uh, oh, they're burying Keith Lee already. Oh, they're burying Karrion Cross his first night on Raw. And, 
blah, nothing in NXT matters, Vince hates NXT, blah, 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 blah. And I, I even kind of got into an argument with somebody on Facebook that... Shocking! I know, right? Um, made made some not, sort of a not comment. You, not our Jason. Not our our, well, our gimmicked social media re- warrior. Yeah, representative. I, I, well, I kind of I kind of took up for both of these cases, right? Because one, to me, it was one match for both guys. Keith Lee has been off for six months, and you brought him in on top to face the world champion in a competitive match. Yeah, he lost, but you just spent. You just basically use Kofi Kingston to make Bobby Lashley look unstoppable. So how are you then going to have Keith Lee step in and beat him? It doesn't make sense, right? And you want to debut Keith Lee in a a big spot, so you bring him in against the world champion. I I get the the logic of that. Who cares if he wins or loses? And then the same thing with Kieran Cross. If this leads to him, well, it's not going to because Jeff Hardy tested positive for COVID, and that's going to basically squash the whole storyline. But if this would have led into Kieran Cross just absolutely murdering Jeff Hardy because of him hanging that L on him and helps propel that character as a heel character, then what the fuck does it matter if Jeff Hardy got one roll-up win against him? It doesn't. So that's why I'm like, you know, to me, it just it's much to do about nothing. It's a complaint for the sake of complaining. So I, I, I can okay. already see in Michael's face he disagrees, so we'll let him have his piece, and I want your opinion, Kev. <laughs> so the Keith Lee spot, I, I agree. It, it wouldn't have made sense for him to go over Bobby Lashley because we've I've spent months complaining that Drew McIntyre has made Bobby Lashley look like a fucking teddy bear when he's supposed to be the most fucking devastating world champion that we have. Um, so that was the right decision. It sucks that it had to be Keith Lee. But what other big guys do they still have off the company that they haven't fired or let AEW take? So Keith Lee at least got some offense in. So it was, you know, a good match versus it being a squash match. So I'm happy with that. As far as the Kyrian Cross thing, though, that I have a problem with because for well over a year, we've been fed that NXT is the third brand. It's, it's you know, it's more than just developmental. And you take their world champion who has not had a single pinfall loss in his WWE career, because NXT is still WWE, and you have him get rolled up and beat on Raw by a middle-aged man whose body is probably falling apart from the stupid shit he's done in his career. And it's like it, nothing about it makes sense. Like I get what you're saying with, oh, it propels that story. There's no reason for him to be in a story of Jeff Hardy, though. Because... At the end of the day, Jeff Hardy's a fan favorite, so you're not going to have Cross go over on him in the end because that wouldn't that like that's not how you want to fucking get over with the fans. Like no matter how much heat you want to get him, it's not going to be the direction they go because they're going to want people to still stay behind Jeff Hardy, so Jeff Hardy stays with them and doesn't go to AEW. So like, there's all the people they could have put in that match against him. I would have rather hell. I would have rather Kieran Cross came out and be the person that Bobby Lashley beat up, and them have a good back and forth, and Bobby Lashley look like a monster against him, rather than the bullshit roll up fucking cheat to win bullshit. Because that even makes less sense. Jeff Hardy cheated to win, and he's the babyface. Right, he cheated to win, which was gonna drive Cross insane and drive Cross to take action against him. Like Cross cut a promo afterwards, but Kevin, what you got? What do you think? <laughs> no, I did not fall asleep. <laughs> um, I pretty much no. I one hundred percent agree with Mike. I uh, the thing with like Keith Lee, like to me, I, I'm fine with that as far as like putting like la- you know. I mean, Lashley is the dominant champion, right? So it doesn't matter who the fuck it is. Like to me, like Keith Lee, like whoever's arguing online about that, like I don't really think Keith Lee's been that much over, or they've made really much attempts of putting him over that much anyway. Well, the big problem is he was supposed to go for the U.S. title, but he was going to be the U.S. champion, and then he disappeared for six months. Like that—that was they were on their way to pushing Keith Lee. So when they brought him back in, they still brought him back in on top, and that's why I'm. That's why I'm confused why people have such an issue on it. Like if they if they were gonna bury Keith Lee, they would have brought him in and put him up against 
anybody oh, other Elias. than Bobby Lashley. Yeah, exactly. They would put him against Elias or put him against Jackson Riker Corbin. or put him up against uh, fucking even, you know, had him job to, you know, bro Derek. But, yeah, I mean, they, they basically still brought him in on top. So I, I, I guess I just, you know, why people – and, and this, is, this is the other thing, too, that, uh, that I that – came across but somebody had uh, quote like basically took a screenshot of this tweet and put it in there like it's their opinion points out that aw gave lance archer a career-defining win in his home state the same week wwe bizarrely had keith lee lose in his big return in his home state because one company is good and one is bad that's just i mean don't get me wrong aw is bad um, <laughs> that that doesn't i i agree that having keith lee make a big return in his hometown in front of fans to lose is yeah, an that's, odd that's choice a wwe thing they always do that shit in a hometown oh, oh shit how, how many times did fucking jerry lawler lose in memphis or how many times did they i'm sorry how long has it been since jerry lawler has been relevant I'm in just any saying, sense of the I'm word i'm just saying how many times did they did they fuck jim ross over in oklahoma or how many times <laughs> because they, how many times did they fuck jim ross <laughs> <laughs> just live and yeah. worldwide. But, yeah. but I'm just saying, like, you know, they always do something to somebody in their hometown. Like, that's just what they do. You don't go over in your home. Like, that, that's that's like the... Yeah, but, like, the stuff of Jim Ross would be, like, he got lit on fire. Something that would make you, like, get behind him. This was just a clean victory, like, for, for Bobby well, Lashley. It well, wasn't and, like and he... And here, here's my point, though, to, to what this person had said, though. AEW has literally brought in Lance Archer for the last two years, and when they brought him in, made him look like this unstoppable monster who immediately jobbed to Cody Rhodes. And he has literally done the job in every single big match that he has been in in the last two years, despite being dubbed the Murder Hawk Monster, and he's this big, unstoppable beast. He's jobbed clean in every single big, big match he's been in. And this match that he won against Moxley, while it was a big match, it wasn't for one of their titles. It was for a right? New Japan title. So it's not like they're putting him over over Moxley to win the AEW World title or even the TNT title he won a new Japan title so I don't understand like where that you know what I mean like that 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 right That's... there shows like AEW is just as responsible for doing all the dumb shit people hate about WWE it's just everybody looks at it with these fucking rose-colored glasses I, I will say it is funny because it's basically like the teacher telling you to share your toys so right. when you take your friend's toy and give it to another friend um, like, it's a fucking be like it's a career defining moment for no title that's relevant in in the company, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a main event of one of their shows, but it's not like it was a main event of one of their pay per views. It was a main event of yeah. a of a special. Which I mean, event. in the in the defense, these these like fighter fest things are their equivalent to like a, a lower level pay per view because yeah. they only do like four or five a year. So, like, I, I can kind of see it being, yes, it's the big match of that. Um, same thing with, like, with with NXT, with the Great American Bash and stuff. Like, we still would look at the world title match for that as being a big main event. Um, so, I, I can kind of see it that way. But, yeah, I agree. He has jobbed for most of his AEW career um, to people he shouldn't be jobbing to, especially Cody Rhodes. I'm sorry, but that that's absurd to me. Um and he he fucking won a title that has nothing to do with the company that he's in. So and that, and that uh, person that said that is just somebody who's just trying to whatever. You know what I mean? Like oh yeah, without a doubt, stir stupid ass shit for no fucking reason. And I'm honestly like, surprised they were able to type with how far Tony Khan's cock was in their mouth. Right? I mean, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's I mean, obviously they don't know like anything about. And not that we're like you know. Right, we know no, man, we're in the know. And, and People fucking make decisions in this business based on our episodes. Yeah, that is true. And I and I simply said too that by the end of their careers, Keith Lee will be a bigger name in professional wrestling than Lance Archer. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I mean, with and I have no doubts about that. Like I, I feel like that's you know calling a shot, but I feel like you're you're almost playing with house money with calling that shot. Like I, I don't I don't think there's any any doubt to that. Um, anyway, back to Kevin telling me how uh, right I was about Kieran Cross. Circle <laughs> back. I was like, oh yeah, I guess I get done to finish. Um, sounds like my wife. Um, anyway, 
There's Joe. Sounds like my wife. Um, what are we talking about again? Uh, Kieran Cross getting oh, yeah, putting Kieran, over Jeff Hardy. Oh, yeah, Kieran oh, yeah. Cross and uh, Terry Blanchard. That's right. Terry um, <laughs> so, no, the Kieran Cross thing. I mean, it's, it's like why even? But it's like why even do that? Yeah, like that's that's where I agree. It's like why even like even bring him like. So what was the reason he's even up there for? Can I would have explained that, but I want to see the story play out. Well, and, and they and they kind of why? Talk, because because you you don't know where it's gonna go from there. Like okay, yeah, he gets a fuck. First of all, like he, uh, like he should have came. He should have came on and like attacked Jeff Hardy and like just for no reason and beat the shit out of him. And then we go from there as far as the storyline. Like they didn't have need have a match. Just just have him come and like there's no explanation. So why is Kerry Cross here? Why is he attacking him? And then we we see it from there. Like I just don't see like why they and Mike is you know what I mean like he's this dominant champion and everything on NXT, you know a very important brand. And then you know and I know he didn't just lose to nobody, but still like to me there's no he, he like, lost to a name, but that's about it. Like, to me there's like no explanation, no like why I, I kind of get that. Um. So, oh, and speaking of returns, Jeff Hardy finally came out to no more words, which everybody was super pumped that was, about. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, and, and and this is, I think, what really happened here was WWE really like they booked themselves into a corner here because everybody has been clamoring for how many weeks now? Oh, we want to see Jeff Hardy do something. We want no more words. We want to see Jeff Hardy do this. We want to see him in the title picture. And then, then you debut him against Karrion Cross, which, you know, again, without Scarlet, you know, he, he starts off in the middle of the, the Titan Tron. It was a much cooler entrance than his superstars one that everybody bitched about, but you know, he, he comes out to the ring and he was dominant throughout the match. But again, Jeff Hardy got a cheap roll up win where he cheated basically. Right. So, you know, you, you got the one segment that was like, you know, oh, we got to see more of Jeff Hardy. And then all of a sudden, Jeff Hardy gets this win, and they're like, oh, my gosh, Kieran Cross lost to him? That guy? That guy? That's just it, though. And they're showing, like, memes of him from TNA when he was drugged out of his mind and shit like that. Like, that's kind of a low blow. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, but if you put Jeff Hardy and Kieran Cross in a match and you were to tell me he was winning, that'd be like me thinking Jimmy Olsen would beat Superman's right, ass. but he didn't win. He didn't win. Regardless, though. though, it's not believable either way. In, in no sense of of the imagination should them should they have ever even paired up. Like what happened to Kofi Kingston the night before should have been what happened to Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy should have had no physical ability to stand to be able to roll him up, let alone to do it yeah, and cross not like, to be able like to a, push himself out. But here's a kind of man like a goof. Yeah, like, oh my god, we were gonna roll up when. But but he got his heat back though right after that with the with the promo that he cut though where he basically threatened Jeff Hardy in his life and all that oh, stuff. No, but, but, but that was but, but that, well, was that on, that was on the NXT though. Right? No, that was on Raw. It was on, right after. It was on Raw. Raw. Yeah, okay. they followed the match. Yeah, it was right okay. after the match. For and, me, it didn't matter though because at that point the damage was done. I was like, yeah, yeah. and people turned the people turned it off to see the promo. And anyway. and, and, and yeah. then on <laughs> and then on on NXT he basically they teased him coming out. And he basically choked out William Regal. The, clo- the closet. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> so Samoa Joe was waiting for him the entire the entire night, and then you know, then then Cross doesn't show up, doesn't show up, doesn't show up, and then when he does show up, he chokes out William Regal, and then leaves before Samoa Joe can get to him because they're clearly setting up the next NXT takeover is going to be Cross and Joe, and I feel like Joe's probably going to beat him for the title, and you know, Cross, be better Cross if be fucking Cross can't beat Jeff Hardy, then Joe yeah, better shit. fucking go over. <laughs> My God, but it's Man. again, it's two di- it's two different brands, it's two different audiences. Like not all of the NXT audience watch, like not everybody that watches Raw watches NXT. So you're introducing him to a new audience. He's a new character. Yes, he got like I, I don't know. I just I just think. I- so where, let's look at this where way, Jason. it starts we and don't... where it finishes, I think are going to be two completely different things. He can still be that dominant champion, but there's a lot of there, there's a lot of it's crowded at the top of that roster. He's not going to come in and be working with the world champions yeah. right away. They're going to build that character up, and he's the type of guy that he's not just going to be happy to be there. He's going to go in there and he's going to do whatever he can to to stand out. 
but he's got to work his way up the ladder. So you got to start somewhere. So they put him in a story with Jeff Hardy. Yeah, it started with a cheap roll-up win, but where's it going to end? That that that's what I would have liked to know before I just like completely hit the panic button so, and chat all over. So 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 look at this from Ned Nobody who sits there and watches Raw once a week. Just you know doesn't watch NXT or SmackDown or anything else or AEW. Doesn't read about it on the internet. You see this big motherfucker come out and face Jeff Hardy and he loses in a roll-up more than likely. You're not going to go, wow, I want to see more of the big motherfucker. You'd be like, no, I don't know who this guy is. And he just lost to Jeff Hardy. So I don't know what's going on there. I but guess if I watch, the next but segment. if I watch next week and he showed up and he destroyed Jeff Hardy and left him laying in a pile of his own blood, then I'd be like, holy shit. Okay. Don't fuck with this guy. They're not going to, because they don't get color on, on, but, but I'm just saying USA. like if, it, but if he would have, right, sorry, forget the blood comment. But if he, if he would show up and just attack Jeff Hardy backstage and beat the shit out of him and leave him laying, then he's got my attention. If I'm that Ned, nobody, so, I'm like, Oh, then they should have done it that night. There's no significance. Like, what is Jeff Hardy? What is he? You know what I mean? Like, he, he's, he's, a start, it, he's a starting point for Kieran Cross on the roster. That's it. But he's he a starting be. point. You, you, you should, like, I, I get that people are like, oh, who, you know, boring, like, squash. He's already one up on him. Who are you going to start him with then? Who, who are you bringing him I'd fucking against? put him against Morrison and Miz. You have Miz who can fucking build the story because he's the best mouthpiece in the business, and you have Morrison who can fucking carry him through a match, and he'll fucking steal he, the show. The thing, he doesn't need carried through a match. He can have a good match on his own. No, but he can be, have a better match is what I'm saying. Uh, I, like, if you put him – like, we saw during the Fatal 4-Way, there was a reason they had to put him through the table and try to, like, get him out of the match was because he couldn't hang with the – the higher workers. Nothing wrong with that. Not everyone can. Hell, ha over half the main roster can't. But if you put him in there with someone who can truly fucking sell and make him look way more impressive than he already is, and you have Miz to fucking do this whole, like, fucking, he, he like, gets out of the ring and chases him, or, or, like, like slow walks towards him like a fucking serial killer in a horror movie while he's trying to fucking roll his happy ass away, like... Exactly. You're already fucking laughing because you know that'd be 10 times more entertaining than anything they're going to do with Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's going to end with Kieran Kresko and be like, you're a drug addict and an alcoholic. <laughs> I'm big and scary. And that's going to be the fucking rivalry. I don't know. I, I guess I would just like to see what happens before I shit all over. But that that's just me. All right, moving on. Um, because we got better fan than all of us. We got we got a lot more to go over. Uh, and then one fucking, more. Didn't really. Sam Roberts was on the fucking one, podcast. One more. One more quick uh, WWE thing, and then we'll go back to AEW. How about fucking Goldberg coming out on Raw to face Keithley? <laughs> Even this one, I'm not like, Keithley. why? Uh, or not Keithley, Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Fucking old. I understand why you got him confused. Because fucking, you know, they, were in this, they were in a match together before fucking right, Oldberg yeah. showed up. Fucking Oldberg. Um, yeah, dude. I, this can't be anything more than just trying to get more crowd pop for SummerSlam. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, it's just that's SummerSlam it. big names. It's it's them trying yeah. to build it to be WrestleMania caliber to get in. All they're going to do is they're going to make more of us not want to watch it. Because it's nothing but fucking old people that we don't want to fucking see. Yeah. Plus, Goldberg's getting paid three million dollars a year, so they got he's got to work one of his matches. I guess, so yeah, I, he I mean, years I'm, half over. He's I, I'm excited to see Cena and Roman. I mean, for damn sure. I'm, I'm excited for the build up for that. That the build up that's uh, gonna did, be incredible. Did you guys get the uh, message via Twitter? Like Conrad had shared the video. Oh, um, Heyman. On SmackDown? Yeah. That was fucking incredible. Well, did you also see where Roman Roman compared John Cena to the missionary positions? The same oh shit God. every night. <laughs> and, then, and then somebody on Twitter said that uh, they called him uh, Roman uh, fucking doggy style <laughs> reigns. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, only fucks doggy style reigns. Yeah. I love it. Uh, uh, yeah, I, the the build up I'm looking forward to, and I, I think the I think the match will be fun too. Yeah, the the build up will be great. Match I'm like, eh, it's, right. it's gonna be what it is. So speaking of, speaking of build ups, one thing that kind of happened over Fighter Fest was um, MJF put Jericho through is putting Jericho through what's called the labors of Jericho, not to be confused with Jericho's dad bod, but the 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 labors of of Jericho. So basically, it's very it's kind labored of labored breathing of Jericho. It's kind of it's kind of similar to what he's he, fifty one years old. I know. It's kind I of. I wish I had that body at fifty one years old. So it's kind of similar to what 
Cody went through to face MJF, except it's a little bit more extreme. So, you know, for the first labor of Jericho was he had to face uh, Sean Spears in a match with Sean Spears because you, you could use a chair, but Jericho could not. So that was the first one. So Jericho ends up, you know, winning that match after it was a actually a pretty decent match. It was probably one of Sean Spears' best matches ever, uh, if I'm being honest. But I'm just gonna say it now: if they didn't have the finish be that Sean Spears went for a chair shot and Jericho Judas affect him into the chair, into his face, then I don't, I don't care. I don't remember. I remember. He did hit the Judas effect for the finish, but I don't think he had a chair up for it. I think maybe uh, he missed opportunity. I think maybe he hit himself with a chair boo. to kind of make himself loopy. Boo, or AEW, like boo. But, but anyway, well, the, shitty booking. The, the spot I remember, like, he was, like, you know, on the top rope giving him, like, the 10 punches or whatever. But, oh, like, yeah, and he did the Hurricane Rana. But then, yeah, but he did hurt. Like, the punches were kind of, like, half assed to me. Yeah. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Jericho just pulls off a Hurricane Rana. But it was, like, yeah. a thing of beauty. Yeah. Like, it was beautiful. Yeah, I was it like, was. Holy shit. It was perfect. It was it was very like I was shocked. <laughs> like it was it was like in sync. Like it was just like boom boom. Like no like half ass stumbling. Like actually looked pretty legit. Yeah, for you know for a guy that's that's the size he is now. That was that was very impressive. So, um, but then after the match, MJF came out to announce the second labor of Jericho and that he was going to face somebody that was very hardcore. And um, yeah, Nick Gage uh, from game changer wrestling is going to be facing Chris Jericho next week on dynamite. Um, Yeah. I mean, I, here's the thing. Nick Cade, Nick Gage is, I mean, I'd rather see that match. Yeah, Nick Gage, Nick Gage is th- this is the only thing that I'm worried about. And then Jericho came out later and was like, "Oh, the Pain Maker is facing him." Okay, half the audience doesn't even know who Pain Maker Jericho is. The only you know, but that's a lie. All the AEW marks. They all know. Man. <laughs> well, I, maybe half the he, viewing he, audience. But. He, he came out as the Pain Maker, I think. Um, at the all first all in show. Yeah. So well, he had, you know, he, had, he was still transitioning out of that into like yeah. Uh, he was, yeah. He was moving so, but here's the thing with, 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 with Gage. Now, this guy doesn't seem like the type to really play ball. So I, I'm really curious. And, and maybe that's just his gimmick. And that's just how, you know, the believability of, of, of who he is and what he can do. But. I, I guess I'd be a little concerned for Chris Jericho's safety in a match like this. I, I don't. I don't think I would because I think Jericho is a legit shooter himself, and I think if if Gage tried to like get shit out of hand, I think Jericho could take care of himself. Yeah, I just, mean, be, just he, because I'm, just because right, he was but... trained because he was trained by Stu Hart, a shooter. You know what I mean? Very true, so like, very true. So he, so he, I don't think he, especially if he. I mean, if he had the balls to. Like get in the face and want to fight Brock Lesnar and shit. Right. Oh like, uh, yeah, good point. Yeah, I'd be more scared of Brock Lesnar, honestly. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I, I think I think I think a like the, everything's gonna be worked anyway, obviously. But if it, and, and I honestly thought about that too, Jason. Yeah. Because like you know just because everybody sees the face of Arquette and everything, but right. like, but like no, I think uh, I think Jericho would be fine. Like take care of himself. I think my biggest confusion is this is a man who's like, I'm too old to take a bump off a cage, so I need this cardboard mat to save me. But now he wants to face a dude who's known for fucking death matches? Yeah, I guess. I'm like, I'm sorry, I'll jump off like 20 cages before I get in a ring with some psychopath who fucking tried to saw off David Arquette's face because he was like, he didn't earn his place. Well, and, and did you see what he did to Matt Cardona last night? Oh, no. yeah. So GCW, I kind of, Home- of want to know because he's a fucking piece of shit. So G- I really want GC- to. Well, GCW Homecoming was last night, and the the main event was Gage defending his title against Matt Cardona, and this whole buildup has has started with him kind of. I think he called out Matt Cardona, or Matt Cardona talked some shit about him. I don't know if it had to do something with his uh, dark side of the ring or something. And then Cardona showed up at one of their shows and everybody mm-hmm. thought it was Moxley because he was, you know, stumbling kind of funny. And then he hit him with the uh, 
um, the paradigm. Yeah, paradigm shift, yeah. and then you know, then he pulls off the hood and it's Cardona. So that kind of led to this whole thing. And you know, they've been you know doing this thing called him Zack Ryder. And I actually watched the match, and I watched the match with the commentary. And the commentators the entire time were dropping f bombs. They were talking shit about Matt Cardona the entire time. It was really, <laughs> it's actually really funny. Um, but dude, they were hitting each other with the light bulbs. Like Cardona was bloodied from like. Like, I mean, he, he had a white shirt on. The white shirt was completely red by the time the match ended. Yeah, um, I saw that. But Cardona went over. Cardona is now the Game Changer Wrestling Champion. Um, yeah, and they were, like, showering the ring, like... Beer bottles and trash and, like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of... I mean, it's... Like, grow the fuck up, people. Seriously. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that was... It, and, and it's funny, too, because you have a lot of people on Twitter that are like, oh, Cardona really earned my respect and blah, blah, blah. But that's not people that are hardcore GCW fans. Those are or Nick Gage fans. Those are people that are just like casual watchers on Twitter because people like from GCW are just like, fuck you, Matt Cardona. Like they're pissed that he won that match. What are you, what are oh, you my God. cackling about? Over so I, I, I went to shit. He's tagged in on on. Insta just Matt Cardona he he has his cult following who will suck his dick till the day he dies and then he has a large amount of people who fucking see him for the piece of shit he is in the toy right. community and they tagged him in like a bunch of highlights from the match there's a bit where like they bring out a fucking detolf full of wrestling action figures and Nick Gage fucking beats it to death with a chair <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they're like that probably hurt him more than anything else in that match. Somebody on commentary goes, "I hope, I hope Cage uh, files down a a figure of Kamala into a shiv and then sticks Cardona with it." Like what? Oh my god! (laughs) Well, so that that stems because Matt Cardona did a big thing, and it actually made it into Ms. and Mrs. Where there's a a different version of the original Kamala figure from the Hasbro line. Yeah, where it has a moon on its uh, belly instead of a star. And it's worth like thousands, like $10,000. And he bought it off a guy, had Miz pick it up for him. And like, it was this big ordeal in the, in the wrestling, like toy community. And Cardona fucking always talks about like how that's his most, you know, prized possession in this. So that, that's probably why they decide to throw that out there. Cause he's, he, even in his wrestling career now that he's, you know, got a little more control. He is a huge mark for himself and for figures. So, like, t- like Impact always mentions the Major Wrestling Figure podcast and his action figure collection and calls him by all of his own gimmicked names that he gives himself on the show. And I'm just like, Jesus Christ, dude. Like, Yeah, he's definitely a big mark for himself. Um, and, and a lot of those guys are, too. I, I, I mean... You know, I guess especially if you're on your own now in the in the indies and doing all these different things like that's that's going to be something. But but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, if you the match was hard to watch because it was basically shot from one camera and it was in a fucking like gymnasium and, you know, it was, it was crazy. But dude, and uh, Nick Gage and his following is incredible. Like his entrance, he just gets mobbed. It's, it's a mosh pit like the, his music hits and then he like everybody kind of gathers up in front of the entrance and he just jumps into it and goes crazy. What are you laughing at now? Someone has a video of him like celebrating in the ring and he gets pelted in the balls with a fucking beer can. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, it was like, <laughs> and then he like stops and tries to keep going. And then he has to drop to his knees. It was like the, uh, the NWO night, like all the trash yeah. and beer cans that were thrown in the ring and stuff like it was crazy. But I mean, it, it that's that, that's the type of crowd that you get with that show. But what it has a lot of people saying now is, oh, now that Nick Gage dropped the title, is he going to be all elite? Nah, God, nah, bro. <laughs> Dude. Like, I, I lost a lot of respect for AEW when he came out because I was like, wow, you're going to you're gonna fucking let trash like that into real, like, professional wrestling? Like, no, thank you. Yeah. I, I, what do you like think? It, what do it, you think, It Kev? pains me. See all elite? 
No. <laughs> I I mean let, let let's be let's be 100% honest. The only reason that people know who this guy is is because of Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, a thousand. I, I mean, I didn't know who he was until then. Because even with the David Arquette incident, nobody really knew who the guy was. They just knew somebody tried to kill David Arquette, and he was an indie wrestler. But then that that documentary was like, oh, it was that guy. He was the one who did it. You know what I mean? So, no, outside of the couple thousand people that are fans of that style of of wrestling, nobody knew. You know, especially mainstream audience-wise, nobody really knew who this guy was. And Dark Side of the Ring definitely shined a light on him. But to mean that he's going to be a permanent fixture in AEW, nah, dude, I doubt that. Nah. I, I don't think they would take that kind of chance or that kind of liability. I know he's got some friends there, like Moxley and, and maybe a few other guys, but... I just I just don't see it. And 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 to and to his point, he loves what he does. He loves that style. He loves that atmosphere. And I don't think he'd give that up because he can't have an entrance like he did there on AEW TV. There's no way. I mean, yeah, yeah. you could come through the crowd, but you're not gonna have a mosh pit of people that are gonna be, you know, like that's just not gonna happen in, in that kind of atmosphere. But man, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he's going to be a permanent, uh, permanent fixture. No, I, I can't imagine they, that would be a thing. Like, I, I get it, you know, pull the Vince McMahon thing, cash in on the hype. I mean, granted, it's, you know, three months late, but why not? Um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I lost a lot of respect for AEW when he came out. I'm like, I'm sorry. that. I mean, I get it. That is the- a style of wrestling, and there's a fan base for it, but it does not belong. Oh, without in, a doubt. And, and I get it from a from a storyline standpoint. Like, MGAF is going to make Jericho walk through hell to face him again, and I get that. So bringing a guy like that in to, to put in front of Jericho, put in his path, I mean, it makes sense. Like, I get where they're going with it, and I, and I don't really have a problem with it from that standpoint, you know, if it's if it's a one-off thing, but I don't think he's going to be a permanent fixture on there. My question is, does TNT cut the feed when he inevitably fucking <laughs> takes, a, like, a light bulb tube to Jericho's head? Yeah, I mean, he did that to Cardona. Because you can't fucking put that on, on cable TV. <laughs> yeah, he dropped he dropped the light tube on Cardona's head, and then it broke off into, like, an end, and then he took it and, like, started jabbing it into his head. Like, it was... Yeah, I, I can't see them. I can't see them using light bulbs. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's his gimmick, though. Like, I'd be, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, how do you have him but and not use it? Because or if even have... if he does his whole, like, his finish is usually with the fucking pizza cutter. You're going to tell me he's yeah. not going to do that? He well, had he it in his hand. Yeah, in his hand. That, that, I mean, but, like, I don't know. Light bulbs is so... That was the whole thing with Cardona is that apparently Cardona had it in the contract that Gage couldn't use a pizza cutter, and I guess he pulled it out or grabbed one from the crowd and said, No, it's in the contract! You can't use that! <laughs> like, during the match. Man. I want to go back and watch this just just for the joy of watching him get the oh, shit kicked gets, out of him. He, does, he definitely gets the shit kicked out of him. There was a lot of like, I, I mean, there was a lot of interference. Like there were some guys from, you know, nobody knew who interfered in the match. And they even played Jericho's theme music one time to make everybody think that Jericho was there and he wasn't. Like there was a lot of, of stuff that they did to, to gimmick that match. But um Hey, and real quick too, but before we move on to what I know Michael wants to talk about, and you know I'm, I'm gonna make him wait. But uh, have you guys heard of this indie wrestler named um, Danhausen? No, I'm the only one. All no. right. Yeah, so no. I, I I only know who this guy is because he actually was a guest on Renee Young's podcast, and then he actually hosted an episode of it where he he had Ethan Page on, and then Jericho just had him on a couple episodes ago uh, ago on Talk Is Jericho. Um, the episode's called Danhausen Has Teeth. Uh, so this dude, um, much like Matt Hardy in the Broken gimmick, is always in character. And he talks like that. He, he talks like real, uh, man, I'm trying to like think of how I can mock his like voice. Sam Roberts? I've heard, I've heard, no, it's not quite like Sam Roberts. It's more like. Um, Mike Tyson? <laughs> no, oh, man, it's, I don't know. He, he just has this like kind of like uh, squeaky way of talking um, where he's, uh, you know, he always talks about himself in the third person, like Danhausen 
uh, Danhausen, pretty evil, pretty pretty cool, or pretty nice, pretty evil. Like he just has this whole gimmick about him, and it, it's pretty interesting. Like he paints his face up, and he he's got this kind of dem- demonic uh, character. Well, he's got like it's like a it's it looks like discount sting paint, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I know. Oh, he's got yeah. tattoos right. tattoos on his chest, and he he's using the go to sleep finisher too because he actually asked CM Punk for it, and CM Punk said that he could use it. Um, and then Kenta got really pissed about that. <laughs> um, Shitsuke just does it at Money in the Bank yeah. for shits and giggles. I don't know. Like, if you guys get a chance, listen to Jericho's podcast. Like, I, I feel like this guy, I don't think he would work in WWE because I don't think they would let him be him. But I could see him potentially being in, like, Impact or into uh, into AEW. And I think I think his character could have some legs. I'm curious to what you guys think if you hear him talk or, you know, hear a little bit I mean, I, I have because uh... – the uh, the floosh, uh, they're they're a toy YouTube channel. They uh, the main guy there uh, is a big fan of his, okay. and he actually did he actually did like the opening sequence for him one week. And yeah, he's he when I saw him instantly, I I assumed it was like you remember back in like the '90s with like the like Crip Capter and like even later, yeah. with, like like it seemed like a a, a spot on that is yeah. what. I thought he yeah. was from. I thought he was like from one of those like basic cables late night at 3 a.m. It comes on. They're playing horror movies. He's like, come back next week and you'll get to see this. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. 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 He's he's basically in that character like 24-7. So, um, you know, but I, I can see him working with some guys. But, yeah, I mean, maybe NXT he could work, but I don't think he would work. I don't think the main roster would let him be him. I, the way I don't even think that. Over. I don't think he'd work in. I don't think he'd work in NXT. Like, I, I don't know. It would be it would be hard because NXT is just so so much more raw. Like they don't have a lot of like gimmicky characters. Well, I mean, Dexter, like the most they have. Dexter I was saying most they have is Dexter Loomis, and he's just he's just a silent serial killer. That's not really a, a yeah, gimmick. Yeah, but they That's but just... they have in the past though. I mean, the VOD villains were big when they were in NXT. Yeah, but even those um, are, aren't like I don't know. They haven't done that in a long while. It feels like because yeah. even like the the fashion police, like they came back, but they weren't really like. A spotlight. They were this. They, they were more like enhancement talent, and they, they didn't they really won get a NXT lot of tag content. titles for a minute. Did they? Yeah, they were NXT yeah. tag champions not that long uh, ago. Have, actually, it must it must not have been for a very long. Cause I don't remember that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, moving on then to 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 what I feel everybody wants to talk about, and that is the rumors that. Oh, before we, before we move on, hold on. Oh, okay. we, we, since we were on XT, I, want, I forgot to mention this earlier when we were talking about Karen Cross because we just got so carried away. Uh, apparently, they had to re-record the end of NXT with Karen Cross and Samoa Joe because they couldn't get the crowd to quit chanting Hardy. Yeah, I heard about that too. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not sorry. Yeah, Go yeah, ahead. Whatever. Back to where yeah. we All right. So, uh, so, two of the biggest names in in professional wrestling uh are are being rumored on where they're going to end up so this first started because you know brian danielson's contract with wwe's been up for a little while he's been off tv he's been off um hasn't really we haven't heard really much of anything and then rumors started to circulate that he is signing with AEW. And then soon after that, everybody started talking about CM Punk. Well, wouldn't that be awesome if CM Punk joined AEW? And then very soon after that, it's been confirmed by multiple sources that CM Punk has a contract that he is going to sign with AEW. Now, all the reporting (laughs) for this has come from very, very unreliable, unconfirmed sources. So, and, and, and... to this point, AEW has done a very, very good job of keeping tight-lipped about who they sign and who they're bringing in. So I, I'm curious about this. I like it's one of those things I'll believe it when I see it. I can believe Brian more than Punk because I feel like Punk's rumors kind of started as a what if, but then somebody <laughs> just kind of manifested it and said, "No, it's happening." You know what I mean? Uh, but I, I don't know. It, it's 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 tough to say. So I'm curious to what you guys think. Are are both Brian and Punk all elite? Is it smoke and mirrors, or is it rumor, or is there something to it? I, the only thing that's making me think that Punk might actually be signing is normally at this point in the rumor meal, 
he would have like started trolling pretty hard about it and mocking it, and he really hasn't. Well, he followed. Oh, and this is the other thing that's dude. Okay, so Kevin will know where I'm going with this because he he lived through it. But you know, the Cleveland Browns historically have always been like a a pretty down and out franchise, right? And they're always constantly going through coaching changes and stuff like that. And there was a point in time where Bill Cowher, who used to be the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, won a couple of Super Bowls with them, was rumored heavily to be signing with the Browns to be their head coach. And this was years ago. Uh, but, you know, there were, like, reports, like, Bill Cowher just bought a house in Strongsville, and, like, you know, he's doing all this stuff. And I feel like a lot of what I'm hearing or seeing on Twitter, CM Punk just followed AEW. Living Color, who does cult of personalities twitter account just followed AEW. like a lot of like little weird stupid but when you look at living colors twitter account they're following wwe they're following like a ton of wrestlers not just cm punk and same thing with cm punk he follows wwe he follows AEW. he follows all these people so it's like is, is it just people trying to connect these these dots to make it look like it's really happening or is it something that's really happening i, I guess is what i'm struggling with i mean i i get it because i mean we've we've done this for what ha- over half a decade at this point <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're two years shy of a decade since he walked out um so i especially as a cm punk fan a cm punk mark i'll be honest i don't fucking care um I'll, I'll say it like it, it's it, it it gets rough and it gets really like there's a lot of times where I'm just like it's not gonna fucking happen it's like there was a time where I was in denial and I was like oh yeah he's coming back oh yeah he's coming back oh maybe he'll sign up AEW just because you know fuck WWE um and then like he he came out and he's like if the money's right or if the story's right he'll do it and he like listed off people he'd want to work with again the biggest thing that's driving me to think that he has you know potentially at least been in like talks and there's been a contract worked up that is like being like negotiated is because he hasn't come out and started trolling people he hasn't started doing shit like because he's normally been quiet. Would. because he's been quiet about it is, yeah is and punk is not quiet punk loves attention all he right. loves to fucking get just just fucking crank it up to twelve. Let's do it, people. Yeah, I'm going to AEW. Like it, he he does shit all the time just to to really make people talk about him. So the fact that he's not like he did one thing where he put I think it was the song I think someone said it was the song from uh, that Michael Jordan uh, documentary. I'm not sure. I no, haven't watched all of the. There was apparently a song in there that they used, and people were like, "Oh, well, maybe that's just you know him teasing it because you know that was you know the last song is the first song or something. I don't know what some fucking sports yeah. ball reference. I don't know. Um, but like that's that's literally been the only thing he did was he posted a song, and I'm like, that's that's not enough because it doesn't correlate to AEW mm. really. So for me, that didn't make sense. But yeah, he's just been way too quiet about it. Compared to usual, usually he'd be he'd fucking he's borderline Becky Lynch when it comes to this shit. Like he does everything short of taking a picture of himself in front of the fucking arena at the night before an event. All right. So what what about what about you, Kev? I will believe it when I see it. Um, I can't see WWE letting Daniel Bryan sign anywhere else. So. I don't think that will happen. I think they would resign him. And then I could totally see CM Punk sign of AEW. Oh, I can too. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I, did, I, I disagree I, with Bri- with the Dan O'Brien thing. Because realistically, I don't think money matters at this point. He wants to go and wrestle certain people in the industry, and WWE won't let him if he's under contract with them. No, that's, I mean, that's true. Good point. Um, I just... Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I mean, maybe, that's, maybe that could be a part of his negotiation, though, with WWE. Too. Well, that that was something he was asking for with WWE, and it, it seemed like you know from you know the rumor is that the the contract negotiations with WWE stalled, 
now now he's exploring other options um and you know people are tying in that he's close with big show and mark henry so they think that that he's going to be pulled in that direction honestly i can see i i'm kind of with michael i can see brian going to AEW, and and i get it and and he wants to he wants to explore and he wants to work with different organizations. He wants to work with different people. Uh, they already have a partnership with New Japan, which WWE said they were establishing but never really followed through or never really did anything with. Um, so, you know, to that point, he would be able to work some indie shows. He'd be able to work, you know, New Japan. He'd be able to work, um, you know, Impact. Like, he'd be able to work with, with just about anybody by going that route. So I could see it. Um you know, and, and Brian doesn't really care about going out and winning titles or anything like that. He just wants to go out and have good matches. And tell good I imagine stories. him like him and I'm, like I am imagining like him and like Kenny Omega. Right. Oh yeah, like, him and Omega, him and Andrade, him and fucking oh, yeah. Malachi Black, him and fucking Cody Rhodes, Young Bucks. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great I mean, matches. Him and a bunch of people in New Japan too, like. And and even for Punk, that would be a, a scenario because it's a lot of guys you've never seen him work with either. You know, so. You know, when you look at the landscape up and down, especially the rosters right now, like WWE's roster is a little depleted. So to, to say that you're going to bring in somebody like, um, you know, CM Punk or even bring Daniel Bryan back, like there's, you know, there's guys that they've already worked with that are there, but there's, there's not a lot of established guys that they haven't yet that you would really see like a dream scenario with. Um, and they wouldn't put them against guys like Keith Lee or like up and comers from NXT because that wouldn't be in, in their mind as the big money right. draw matches. So they wouldn't. But the other thing, but the other thing, here's the other thing though with them coming into AEW. And, th- and this is where. So AEW has never brought anybody in and put them on top. You know, you think about when they brought Christian in. Um, he's had to like work these matches and get his win total up before he could be talked about and in, in being in the main event picture. Um, you know, th- so that goes against like if they were to bring in CM Punk to face Kenny Omega, that goes against everything that they're trying to do with their whole win loss record. You can't just bring a guy in who hasn't had a single match in the company and say, oh, he's going up against the world champion. Uh, same thing with Daniel Bryan, like that. You can't really bring. I'm sure they can bend the rules like a little that. bit for those two. Well, yeah, you would think, <laughs> or at so, least of but... Punk, because I mean, Punk's gonna cost them a pretty penny. Oh yeah. So like they can even just they can have hell. They could have Tony Khan be like, "So this fella cost me a lot of money, so he's cutting the line," yeah. and then fucking yeah. call a personality. Well, and, and, that's, and that's the other thing too. You know, they have a huge ass roster, and I know Tony Khan and his family have, you know, loads of money, but how much money? can he really have to sign all these guys? You know what I mean? Like I, in, but a lot of them are probably not as crazy expensive as you think. Oh, yeah. and pl- and pl- it, all the WWE guys, there's, they ain't fucking making like crazy uh, money. No. I mean, honestly, I think, I think the last I checked, like Moxley was like the highest paid guy there. Like he makes like, I think they said like 4 million or 5 million a year. Yeah. Um, and then you have like Jericho, I think it's like 3 million. And then, like, and, and to your point, like a guy like Brian doesn't really care as much about the money, but at the same time, he's on the downside of his career. He's got a he's got a family to worry about, so he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna want to get paid. He's gonna want to have some money to to make sure that his family's taken care of. Um, you know, same thing with uh, you know, same thing with Brian. and, and Jason. When you when you, when you say how much money they have, when you have billions and billions of dollars, like a million dollar contract to. Maybe say on average twelve people is like nothing. <laughs> that's that's that like it. it was like stuck to their shoe when they got out of the bathroom money. Yeah, definitely. yeah, and, and so, you know they own two sports teams too, so that the, that money you know they get a lot of they got a lot of money coming in. From, and and, from and those, realistically, but. think of all the money that AEW saved in the past year because they had an arena that they didn't have to rent out. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Versus like WWE had to pay to be in in the Thunderdome and, and, the, and other they had shit. To, and they, they also put all that production capital into building up the Thunderdome too. Mm-hmm. So which is why you know you go to try to go to SmackDown, they're charging you six hundred dollars for a fucking ringside ticket. Where it used to be. But at the same time, they've they've <laughs> also like fired everybody who was making like crazy money deals when AEW first started. So yeah. like I think they might have balanced out the books a little bit. Definitely. 
So yeah, I mean, I, it's definitely gonna be interesting to see what happens. Um, I, you know, I, I would be fine. You know, I, a lot of people too, man. Like going the other way with it, like some, you know, we talk about AEW honks and and kind of how you know, or AEW smarks who, you know, freak out about things. But man, some of the WWE smarks that are like. Oh, Daniel, I can't, if you betray WWE and go to the other side, I, you know, basically like shitting on Daniel Bryan for, for supposedly making this decision that hasn't even been official yet. Like, dude, let the guy live. Like it's his, it's, it's a business decision. And if, if Daniel Bryan and CM Punk show up on AEW TV, that's really good for the the wrestling industry, which is really good for, that means WWE is going to have to stake step up their game and that's yeah, going to be really good for like the rest of the industry fucking bury Kyrian cross on the main yeah, roster so it's like it, and I, I was like you know i was like the last time a, a big yeah the last yes. time the last time yes. a big yes. the, <laughs> the last time a big wwe star went to another rival company company it you know it it worked out okay you know, because we got the NWO, and you know, and, and I mean, though by, by that logic, that I mean, means AEW's yeah. got another like five five years or so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm hey, just saying, but hey, look, look at the adjective. Nobody, nobody gets that reference. I got the reference. Uh, yeah, I was Hall. Yeah, that was Kevin Nash. Look at the adjective, no. big. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. if you watch the uh, the play, Stone Cold play. If, yeah. you, if you watch the Stone Cold uh, session with Kevin Nash, he was like, he was he was mad at himself for saying that. He's like, oh, here comes the ad- adjective part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man, but yeah, I mean, it, it it's going to be good for the wrestling industry, and it's going to make everybody step their game up. So I don't have a problem with it, and and it would make AEW honestly more intriguing for me to watch because I want to see CM Punk back in the ring. I want to see. I want to see Daniel Bryan back in the ring. Do I think it would be a bigger? Well, I I can't even almost I can't even really say it would be a bigger stage than than WWE anymore because they're filling the same size arenas at this point in time. Maybe not the stadiums for big shows, and you know maybe they don't have as quite as many television viewers viewers right now. But they're becoming a very very big company very very quickly. And they're about to have what three different shows, um, and they got this mm-hmm. whole YouTube following. They have all this stuff. I mean, AEW is making some moves, and their shows have been getting better. Those Fighter Fest shows were fun; they were entertaining <clears throat> shows to watch. Um, can we do? Can we just face it? And I said it before, and I'll say it again: if Impact has been around this long, slash TNA, slash whatever. AEW will be just fine. No, without a doubt. And, and AEW <laughs> I mean, is definitely way, way better off than what Impact ever was. Well, yeah, because, I mean, they've got big money daddy Tony versus Impact has had to fucking sleep with so many people to stay alive that it's not even funny. Yeah, they had Dixie Carter and her, mon- her mom and daddy's money. So Yeah, that's true. Very true. But and her, and her, her, her husband, yeah, so... So yeah, and and money money is just not everything, you know. You got to also produce. Hold on a second, Michael is Jason frozen on your screen? No. No, oh, he's frozen on my screen. Like <laughs> this shit. Uh, uh, this... So so so, but you still have to produce content that people want to watch, and that that's the that's the number one thing. And 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 they've been producing better content as of late. Uh, so I I know a, a couple a few weeks back, maybe a month ago, I was like, ah, the last couple of AEW shows were not very good. But now I can say that the last three that I've watched have been really good. So, you know, they're definitely producing better content and, you know, I'm, I'm here for it. So I, anything that if AEW does well, that means WWE is going to have to start doing, going to have to start raising their game and getting better. And they're going to do well. And since WWE's had a live crowd, their shows have been a hell of fun to watch. Yeah. It's so, Huh? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I missed like the last thirty seconds. Oh, uh, I just I was just saying that you know the shows have been good to watch since the crowds have been back and AEW's been putting on good shows. That's basically about it. So I'll get okay. off my soapbox now anyway. So, um, anything that you guys like to add before we wrap things up? Um, oh, CM Punk to AEW confirmed. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the show. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Um, if you would like, make sure you leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If uh, if you give us some five stars, we really appreciate it. You can also tweet at us at Live Your Gimmick. Follow us on Twitter at Symbol, followed by L-I-V-Y-O-U-R-G-I-M-M-I-C-K. Michael, what do you got coming up? As always, you can go and check out youtube.com forward slash modern toy fair where you can watch the weekly toy news of me, Jamar and Nate and get weekly toy reviews and then head over to twitch.tv forward slash modern toy fair to see us live every Wednesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Go over our weekly purchases. So once you're done watching AEW Dynamite, you can just hop on Twitch and and watch us play with some toys and, and talk about some real weird shit when Nate brings out some Masters of the Universe named Fisto. Um, and, and of course, tpublog.com. Look up uh, Gimmick Minute, Modern Toy Fair, Why Are You a Gamer? Shirts for our logos. Click on the link. It takes you to my store. Buy my stuff. All right. Who, who Fisto who? Exactly. That's, that's literally what it divulges into. Because uh, then there was this big metal horse. It was a whole thing. <laughs> and, right. you can, and you can go back and watch it on Twitch for up to 14 days after the episode airs. All right, on that note, thank you guys for listening to this week's episode of the show. For Michael and Kevin, I'm Jason, reminding you smarks out there to stop fisting and be a fan and always live your gimmick. Thank you and goodbye, everybody. Have party. <laughs>